Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so anyway, can yeah, fucking pandemic, man. Um, you know what I've been wanting to tell you guys? There's, if you're, you know, this is a emotionally, emotionally difficult time. And if you're needing any help, there are a lot of resources out there for you. And one of them is the Neighborhood Psychiatric Association in Chelsea. And another is CMPS, okay? CMPS.com. And they have a sliding scale for psychotherapy. So um, I can, you know, contact me and I can put you in touch with a licensed therapist, not somebody like me, okay? So that's at Dr. Lisa Levy SP. Um, yeah, it's been a rough week for me because I'm under a lot of pressure. I actually have to have 20 paintings made in two weeks, but I can do that. I'm going to do that. Um, anyway, thanks again for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. And we are, you know, we are getting along during the pandemic, but we do need your help and I encourage you to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and check us out, download our app, uh, donate, donate to keep us on the air, keep the show on the air. And uh, anyway, you know, it's a fucked up time. This whole Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing just put me over the edge. I can't take it and that's why I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm going to I'm going to keep my shit together cuz I'm here with you. Right? We're in it together. So today is a really speaking of keeping our shit together. Today is a really great day because I have the honor of helping to promote the great exhibition space benefit and I have uh, one of their more extraordinary performers on today, Goodwin, and she's going to be with us in a minute, and we're going to tell you all about her. And she is a, she's one of the most, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think she's one of the most extreme performance artists I've had on here. And that is saying a lot. A lot. So from September 22nd to 28th, Grace Exhibition Space presents a week-long virtual art event and fundraiser. You can watch all this shit online at Grace Space. It's grace-exhibition-space.com. And you can go to their website, their Facebook page, and donate some money to them, too. You know, Jesus, we're all struggling here. It's unbelievable. So Grace Exhibition Space, I've performed there. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. And they do bring performance art that's really hard, that's really daring and really important and really enlightening and thought-provoking and entertaining, entertaining. So it's a, it's a major force in the art world, in art, in creativity, in culture, and performing. It was started in 2006 by Jill McDermott and Eric Hokanson, who are two generous, brilliant, 
driven, incredible people. And I want to give my love and honor and respect to them. And I can't emphasize what an important benefit, what an important project this, this, this is. So I'm going to say hello to our guest today. Hi, Goodwin. Say hello. hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey, it's so lovely to see you. I told her that I was going to try and plow through her introduction because I really want to talk to her. She's an extraordinary, extreme performer, and she's had an incredible life, and I want to find out about it. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time introducing her. I'm going to find out who she is because you can do your own research and read about her online, okay? Or go to her Instagram. It's Goodwin. It's at Goodwin. G O O D W dot Y dot N nine and look her up and find out about her and learn something and broaden your horizons, folks. So here's a little bit about her bio. She is a multidisciplinary artist. She is the author of War Cries and holds distinguished fellowships. Franklin Furness, Ragdale at Judson. Judson, you know, Judson Church, you know that. Uh, a whole bunch of other things, queer art mentorship. She's pu pu published these great articles, which I'm going to post links to. Talking with my daughter in the New York Times, in the New York Times, okay, that's enough. Talking with my daughter about service in Iraq. Yes, folks, Goodwin, a performance artist who's been to Iraq. And she also published in the New York Times and why is this happening in your life? Um, her work, her work was uh, shortlist push card prize for the poem "Thou Art God." Okay, so she was nominated for that. Is that enough? I I mean, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So the thing is, is that Goodwin is going to be performing at the festival at the Grace Exhibition Space Festival, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her performance, and then so you will know what to look for and why, why it's going to be fabulous, and then we're going to ask her about her life. So Goodwin, would you do us the honor of explaining just a little bit about the performance you're doing for the Grace Space Benefit and Give to Grace Benefit and when you're going to be on? So um, basically the benefit is going to be a fundraiser. And because um, we all need those funds, people. And <laughs> Um, I'm going to be on September 25th. It's going to be uh, a, a live, it's going to be a taping, a taping shown of the performance I did last year mm -hmm. for them called A9 Woman Dust Chronicles 2. I hope y'all enjoy that. And I'm going to be on the panel with them on the 28th of September. Mm -hmm. So and that's going to be interesting. I'll have all these links. All these links will be are posted on my Facebook page. So you can go to that when I announce, I'm announcing this show and you'll see everything all in one place. Um, 
so tell us just a little bit about the performance you're, you, that people will see. It's all streamed. That's what you were talking about, right? It's um, The performance that I'm going to do on the 27th, that's going to be a street intervention. A live stream, but the performance you're doing for Grace Space yes. is a video. Or they yeah. a video. It's going to be a live stream video. Video. Right. On Grace Space. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what are they going to see? Oh, well, basically, it's, it's me doing a durational for three hours mm -hmm. uh, at um, Grace Space. Yes. And, um, and to, in 2019. And it's going to be me pouring um, Antimima pancake mix all over my body, my naked body, and doing poses. Mm -hmm. And it seems very light, but it's very intense, actually. Uh-huh. And what's intense about it in particular? The fact that you're naked, the fact that you're a large woman, I the fact you. that you're, what's intense about it? The fact that you're naked, the fact that you're a large woman, the fact that you're pouring uh, powder, Aunt Jemima, a black, a large black woman pouring uh, Aunt Jemima pancake mix all over yourself. I, I don't know what is intense which one pick one those are all I, I think it's all intense it combined is. It is. and um it makes a statement all its own about um the body and the stereotypes placed upon the body and just this idea of me literally challenging that mm -hmm. and challenging the stereotypes that come with um, the mammy figure mm -hmm. and body and in persona. So oh. a lot of your work is showing your, is con you connecting through your body, with your body through your performance. And yes. you are, like what I said, a very, very large, you have very large breasts. Let's just put it out there. Thank large you. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's something to look at. You, you make, you know, your body makes a strong statement in a, yeah. a beautiful way. And, but people aren't used to seeing stuff like that. They're not used to being, having it presented the way that you present it. And no. uh, it's very, very powerful. And how did, just give me like a snapshot of, how it makes you feel and how you feel what you some of the reactions you get like show us how extreme it is well the extreme could be that i get like two-pronged reactions either they um either the audience is like shocked and appalled or they are very like appository and loving of my body and of the ritual that i create mm -hmm. so um do you upset people of course and yes and, and i there do they get angry do they cry yes they, they get they, they get cry emotional. they yell they get emotional they're shocked they feel threatened <laughs> yeah they're are shocked. they afraid to look uh some people are afraid to look some people look and they feel they have ownership on my body and I, I can't say I don't care, but that's a part of the performance. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel after something like that? 
Well, I practice aftercare, so I have to focus on the ritual. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of catharsis in what I do because I focus on the ritual. And, and it is and you've yeah. been doing this for three years you said you've yeah. changed your relationship with your body and and tell us about that a little bit i made after the first time i was almost um arrested for the performance yeah i was gonna I made, ask you that too you yeah. are you how do the it's not illegal but people <laughs> it frame be. it people frame it in uh -huh. a way that they makes don't know. it lewd. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's nudity, so, but not sexuality. I get it. Yeah. Not, yeah, I get it. They it's don't. not, it's not, yeah. You don't have to, it's it's not lewd to be topless in New York City. No, I know. But yeah. so uh, it, people frame it in a way where it's like, you know, racist BS. Mm-hmm. Oh. And yeah, that's where get the cops coming. And so, so yeah. are you actually provoking people to think of it? Are you provoking race? I mean, they do people come out and say like, you mean they give they give you racist shit? Yeah. Oh, sexist, and, racist. And is that how the police? How do the police respond to you? Um, it depends where I'm at. Mm -hmm. When I was in the Bronx and I did it, they were um, one cop was very irate. Mm. To the point where he was going to pull me up by my hair mm. and arrest me. Mm. And I had to deal with him and the ambulance workers. Because oh, apparently, wow. yeah, apparently you have to be deranged to do what I do. <laughs> I don't think so. And you guys listening don't think so. Because you're all fucking deranged or you wouldn't be listening to this show anyway. Well, it's like we're on I your always, side for sure. Yeah. I tell people, I tell people, sanity is overrated. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You're so, right. yeah. So, you could be intelligent and not sane, mm. and that's okay. Mm. And I mean, it's not pandemonium. It's not for me. The performance is a pandemonium, but for a lot of people, even in New York City, it really is. Well, it's very confrontational in that people don't know what to make of it or do with it. Or, I mean, it, it makes, it makes people wake up and we don't, you know, a lot of people can't, it's too, it's so in your face is really yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's that, why we're, that's yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for helping our society for real. I mean, not kidding. Um, the thing I really wanted to talk about with you today, Goodwin, is that, I wanted to talk about your background and um, your time in Iraq, things like that, because I don't know. I do not meet a lot of artists. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe that's on me. But you're you were brought up in the in Bed Stuy, and you lived there. You said from 1980 to 1995, and then you moved to the Bronx and you know, and whatever in your life led you to uh, going to signing up with the army and going to Iraq and serving there. And you're also a single mom and you're uh, queer. And I just find that, uh, I, I think that 
we need to understand, and I want to, I personally want to understand about your background and your childhood, because I don't know, I don't, I don't know a lot of people like you, and I really wish I did, and I want to know. So we, would you do us the favor um, of sharing, you know, how you grew up with us and, you know, your trip um, to Iraq? Why don't we start with your where you were born, who you were born to? Okay. Here, start with the beginning. Start with the that beginning. We have forty. We have know. forty minutes, so we'll see. That I know of. Um. That you know of. Well, um, my mother's name is Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't marry my father. My father was in another relationship while so he, he was with my mother. You mean he was cheating on his girlfriend? Or his fiance. Oh, hmm. okay. And, um, uh, Brooklyn was very formative years. I, um, we live with my stepdad who's deceased now. Mm-hmm. And is your mom still around? Yeah, my mom still is Are alive. You, do you have a good relationship with her? I think it's improved a lot. Oh, it, it's improved a lot. She uh-huh. um she hates ain't I woman, but she hates your performance. Let's just yeah. say that. Well, any mother would. <laughs> I mean, no, not I mean, any mother, but yeah, I mean that. I'll give her that. I'll give her that. That's okay. I'm not. Gonna I that. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I'll give her that. I'll give her that. Uh, but so when, what was your mom doing when she had you? Was she, she was obviously a single mom, right? Did she live with, did she live alone? Did she have a job? She lived with my stepfather off and on Mm -hmm. and my mom had a lot of illnesses, so she couldn't work. Oh, really? And yeah. Tell us about that. I mean... It, it was nothing severe, but it, it was just it, a bunch was, of things. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And so we were kind of dependent on um, the government, the system. The government. For many, many years. The yeah. Fucked up government that we have now. Yeah. yeah. Or then. I don't, those were the Reagan years, weren't they? Yeah, those were the oh, Reagan years. Oh, God. Those were the worst. That's when everything, yeah. that's when I entered the workforce. Everything went downhill. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so you were living with, you were living on, well, let's just say this. You were living on welfare in bed in as a baby, right? Yeah. And but you, you lived there until, until you were 15. And yeah. what was that like? What was Bed-Stuy like then? Um, it was a strange, it was a strange upbringing because you had this strange mixture of violence and drugs mm-hmm. with love and affection. Huh. So what, what, was there violence? Were you afraid of getting mugged? Did you know people in your neighborhood? Like, what was that like? I mean, I wasn't afraid of getting mugged. I was afraid of getting raped. I mean, there were a lot of crackheads mm-hmm. after a while mm-hmm. that would do anything to little kids. Really? And yeah, you hear it on the news or through the grapevine all the time. Did you see and, stuff like that? Did you witness things like that? Um, 
No, thankfully I did not. Thankfully, yes. Yeah, I. I what about drugs? Um, crack was really big, as, as you say, and well, it wasn't in my house. It wasn't in your house. So it it your wasn't. Mom, your family never took drugs. Yeah, my mom never took drugs. That's a blessing, right? That's. But her best friend was a crackhead. Uh, who was my babysitter. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> that is hilarious, actually. <laughs> it is hilarious. You were babysat by a crackhead. Yeah, yes. I mean, look at you. I gotta love that somehow. Yeah. So, did, so what, what was that? So you had, you, you knew a lot of crackheads firsthand then, right? Yeah. And what were, what was that like? What did, what was your impression of crack? heads as a kid it was sad because it was like we knew them before they were on crack and we knew the before we knew the after during during the years mm -hmm. and some of them the after they survived mm -hmm. and it was just we we lost a lot of people mm -hmm. to crack and aids you lost a oh, lot and of AIDS people. too. Yeah. So yeah. was AIDS something that was common in your community then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we never spoke about it. We never called it AIDS. What? 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 How did you think about it? Um. Like when we didn't really, I didn't really have a chance to process it mm -hmm. until I was older. Mm -hmm. Because so many people who had it and contacted it were, they just died within six months. Uh, so the people were just dropping like flies. And did you see that? Did you, you saw people? that? I saw. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot more than, uh, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. And you were in, I'm going to say, a, a, a black neighborhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Black and Puerto Rican, yeah. Mm -hmm. And racism is horrible, horrible today, but it must have been very, ex ex I bet it was pretty extreme in the neighborhood that you were in. Um, like what was, what was, has, has race, like, have you, you know, did being black then, I mean, it's a liability now, but was that must have been even more profound then? It's, it's, it's weird because it's like, even though I had, was in the crack infested neighborhood, we had really good teachers. We had really good, that made do. They made mm -hmm. do. So um, you had a lot of strong people. I, I had a lot of fearless people, mm. but they also, their expectations were very high. Oh, really? And that was, yeah, that put a lot of pressure on us too. You mean to so, do well in school? Not just to do well in school, but to do, to uplift the race. Oh, that's so positive. I'm real. oh. It's, but for a little kid, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, because, yeah, I see. So like what, yeah, right. Stay in, stay in line. So you have more pressure to like be not misbehave than like maybe yeah. uh, a white kid in a sub. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. No bad. Cause they didn't. Yeah. I get that. What was your school like? Um, 
Was it safe? It was safe. It's just that it was um school was school was kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. Did you have friends I, and stuff? Did you have good relationships? I had friends. I had friends. I didn't have good relationships with them. What do you what do you mean? I was very nerdy and I kept to myself. Mm-hmm. And I liked poetry. Yeah, I was gonna say you seem kind of naturally intellectual. It might not have, you know. That, yeah, that, I was naturally in my head. Yeah, you were in your I have head. more friends now than I do did back then though. Mm-hmm. I'm more yeah. of a people person now in my old <laughs> You definitely put your yeah, I could see I could see why. Uh, so I'm trying to understand the person who would have uh you you signed up to go to to the army, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to understand who that was what what version of you was that person um hmm. i was very young how old were you by, i was in my early 20s mm-hmm. but by the army standards i was already old because yeah. uh right yeah 18 yeah, a lot of them enlist when they were 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're surrounded by liquor, you're surrounded by drugs. And in I the army? Become, yeah. There's a lot of drugs the, in the army? Yes, you get oh. some of the best drugs in the army. You mean like like uh what like what? Percocets, oxycotton. Prescription drugs. That. Yeah. Not just prescription, um, cocaine, speed. Heroin? Um, I you can't find a heroin. you can't find a war on heroin. I don't think that would be hard. I don't Speed, think so. yeah, I could see cocaine for sure. That's great for armies, but it depends where you are. But and, but and did the and do supervisors? It's kind of a wink and a nod thing. Everybody knows it's part of the culture there. Um, it depends. If you're a guy, you get the wink and a nod. Oh, and. Um, but if you were black, if you were a white guy, you get that wink and that nod. Uh huh. And you get a free pass. Mm. But if you were anything other than that, you would get shit. Mm. Mm. And that makes sense. I get. Yeah, that. I saw the, I saw the best of them, just get ran out of the army. So what? What? What happens? So you mean you get into the army and then all of a sudden you're confronted with all the. Even though you grew up in Bed Stuy, you're confronted with all this crap that you had never seen, that you hadn't really had to deal with on your own before. Or is that what you meant? Yeah, it was a little bit outside of my um, my bubble mm-hmm. and my and my community and my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And um, I met so many different people. That were white, black, um, Hispanic, coming from different areas in United oh, States, right? And that changed my whole perspective about, oh, what do you think of this place, or what do you think of that place? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by change? How did it change your perspective? Um, I learned that being from New York City is wonderful because the culture can't be beat. But <laughs> I agree. Yeah, the culture cannot be beat. No. But there's other culture in other places mm. that are just as competitive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just as worthy of your attention. Right. For a Which little is, bit. 
Right. So what made you sign up for the army? Did, did you, was that like, instead of, what were you, what the fuck were you thinking? Jesus. I just wanted to get out. I wanted to be on my own. Mm -hmm. I was desperate for that. And I was just like, I had enough of being under my mom's roof. Mm -hmm. And that was it. But I wasn't trying to do ordinance. I was trying to go into journalism. Because I wanted to write for a living. So it's oh, like, I see. At oh. the time, I wasn't aware of my artistic options. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, it's either this or jumping off the housing projects roof. So <laughs> I was that frustrated. And college wasn't even in the ballpark. I mean, I was in college, but I felt like it wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to write mm-hmm. and I never felt like anything in college taught me how to write. Mm-hmm. I taught me how to write. And right. did, did a lot of your friends go to college? Was college part of the, you know, like, like in, I mean, I'll just say it in my neighborhood, everybody was expected to go to college. Were you expected to go to college? Yeah. You were? Yeah. That's good to hear. So, um, I want to hear what being in I like how, how, what the fuck was it being in Iraq? I mean that an an well, artist, a writer, a black queer woman in the army in Iraq. I want to know about that. How can I sum it up? I don't think it um, we I still have a half an it's, hour. <laughs> I well, what I was think, your impression like? Like, what was it like when you got there? Like, what was, was there a moment or a p- point or a series of events where you were like, oh my God, where the fuck am I? In Iraq, definitely. Uh-huh. In Iraq, it was like, I gotta get the hell out of here. Well, what After was a it, while. What was it like when you, like, was it shocking or scary? I, I will tell, I, I never dealt with so much racism and sexism and ableism in my life mm-hmm. and um the ba- um it was a lot of points that made it hectic and heavy mm-hmm. especially going to war so you but were it was also combat. adventurous yeah it was also very adventurous and it's like you don't get to have those decisions every single day and um so you don't get to have those decisions and it made changes in me Mm -hmm. and 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 how how would you describe what do you how do you describe that it must change it can't not change you um did you know if you're not affected by it, something's wrong with you. <laughs> I know. So did did it show you uh, like a, the side, a potential, or 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 the bound? Did it push your idea of what being human is? Yeah, it did. It made me confront what mortality is, what humanity is, what it is to be human, um, what is it to be an object, and uh system a cog on a wheel mm-hmm. and that helps the system keep going mm-hmm. and then you realize that when the system is so wrong 
because you know a lot of people don't want to talk about how um the black and brown people of Iraq look like the black and brown people in America. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to talk about it over there. And to this day, nobody wants to talk about that with me. You mean there was like a lot of serious racism in the army and that, that um, pardon the pun, sort of colored your experience? Yeah. So yeah, you, were you singled out? Were you, was, were you harassed being of color? I, it wasn't like direct harassment. It wasn't like, oh, look at this nigger. It was more like, <laughs> um, I wish it was direct because then you know, yeah. Who, yeah, then you know who you can associate with. Right. It was just this othering mm. that the white guys had. Mm. And it will trickle down to us. Mm. Everybody need to fit in with the clique. Just like in prison. If you're black, you need to fit in with the blacks. If you are um, Hispanic, Mexican or something, you need to fit in with them. If you're white, you need to go with the Aryan Brotherhood. Or you're going to get chewed up and spit out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Did, were you did you have friends did you hang out with black people mostly um i hung out, i i'm very eclectic so i i hung out with different people mhm i had friends that were white i had one of my best friends she was german mm-hmm. while um while i was in germany she was a she was german um I had a lot of people in my life, including the father of my child, mm-hmm. who influenced it in different ways, mm-hmm. both good, bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. So I I went through a lot of changes of metamorphosis while I was in the army. Mm-hmm. And... Um... I'm wondering if your creativity and your writing was sort of, I wonder if that was kind of a thread that you held on to. Yeah. The beauty I would, of art. I would write personal essays and stuff. I would write poetry and stick them up on my wall mm-hmm. and not let anybody in my room because I didn't want them to see it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was something... That was something that came from years of being in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and being very young. And I have books on top of books on top of books filled with poetry mm-hmm. and personal thoughts mm-hmm. and just personal feelings. Mm-hmm. So do you, I, I carried over. Do you have do you have friends from being from your army days? Um, I kept up with one. Uh huh. The rest, no. Mm-hmm. The rest, some of them tried, and I just blocked. I just blocked it out. The whole army experience. For a while, yeah. Uh huh. Um, it's a shock to get back. I think for most soldiers, when you come back to being a citizen here is is yeah. that right yes 
And was it really, did you have help? Is it really, did you have trouble integrating back in? To oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I did what we call couch surfing. That's when you're homeless and you're sleeping on other people's couches. Mm -hmm. I did that for a while mm -hmm. before I got in, integrated into the system. Mm -hmm. And then the system said that we have no homeless vets. And you I'm like, that's a lie. You have no what? Sorry. I remember when Bloomberg got on TV and said that we had no homeless vets in the system. Oh, homeless vets. Oh. And I ended up proving them wrong. Did did you do something? Did you? I went to Coalition for the Homeless, mm -hmm. and I spoke with them, and I proved that I'm a vet. Mm -hmm. And it was like a powder keg. What would what, what do you mean by that? I yeah. ended up um I ended up a story about me and op ed was done in the New York Times. Oh wow. In two thousand four. Oh wow. I'm looking that up, baby. Yeah. It is it about New York, New York Times. Two thousand four. April two thousand four. Okay. April 2004. I will be posting a link to this. Um, so you did, so you protested in a sense. Did you have an effect? Yeah. Were you able to have an effect? I had um, somewhat of an effect. Changes were made. Mm -hmm. Lots of changes in the city were made. Mm -hmm. Um. I can't say that I made things. I know there was a difference made. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. best way to put it. Yeah. I mean, you spoke up, you had your voice heard, and I'm sure, you know, that must, so that must have been rewarding or gratifying or soothing even. It was relieving. Yeah. Yeah, that you, that you were empowered. Like you've always been empowered in some way, I think. Does that is that right? I ask myself a question all the time when it comes to being at a crossroads. Can you live without knowing? Mm -hmm. and can what, you live without knowing the answer to this question? If you can, then go ahead. But if you can't, then you have to fulfill the quota to get the answer. And what does that mean? Can you give me an example? Oof. Or you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, no. Um, there were there's just too many. Mm hmm. Like, what kind of question? What wouldn't? What? What? Like, give me an idea of like what that means. If you don't know the answer, can you live with, like, when you? when you were homeless, would you, or couch surfing, whatever you call it, would you yeah. say that you could or couldn't live without knowing where you were going to live or what? I couldn't how would live that... without knowing um, what it was like to fight for what I lived in. And back then, so many people became homeless and would go right back into the military. And oh. I didn't have the support system at the time. 
Mm-hmm. My mom was not going to take care of my daughter. So and you were you were taking care of your daughter this whole time. Let's just understand that. Yeah. So that's huge. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. How did you provide for her? How did you get food for her and stuff like that? Well, I mean, it was a hustle. I had to stay in different places, at different shelters. Just trying to make ends meet. I had a little savings coming back from the army, so that helped. Oh, yeah, right. That's right. It sounds like it sounds like a lot of hard work. It was. It was well worth it, though. Yeah, um, I I can imagine. I can imagine. I I mean, that's a great. I mean, those are really profound experiences to be have to have in the rearview mirror at this point. I mean, but what what do you think the biggest impact? Like how how is how how does your experience in Iraq translate, say, into your artwork? Where where do you is it the fearlessness? Is it the the drive or what what about it? The discipline, what must be a lot of discipline, right? You mean into um the ain't I woman performances? Yeah. Definitely. Oh. You know, I always drove on the idea of authenticity. Hmm. And Iraq for me was a very vivid, authentic account of what capital capitalism does overseas with the military industrial complex Hmm. and bringing that home the war at home basically with racism and sexism and homophobia still present and vampire and wild Hmm. and ableism Hmm. all of these things combined to show me what it, who we are and who I am as a person in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. You, you, you've already, uh, you've, wow. You haven't, you haven't, you've lived like every, I mean, your the palette of your experiences is so vast. It's, uh-huh. it's really, uh, like to be able to draw on everything you've been through to make work out of or do, or just to move forward in your life is, inc- I don't know, that's so ri- rich, but so, oh, thank you. but so expensive. I mean, so emotionally, it must be so emotionally expensive. How did you get through all, how, how is it that you're, a, I, I just have to say, this is what I was trying to say to you guys. Look at all this bullshit. And this woman is making really important and meaningful work as a writer, performance artist, and all this stuff. And, um, you know, she didn't... Inner resources and discipline, guys. This is such a great example of, of that. Hard work, drive motivation, 
all that stuff. Nothing can, if you really have it in you, nothing can hold you back. Is that's what I'm trying to say? Is is does that is that right? Is that right? Goodman? I believe so. I believe so. Mm -hmm. The sky's the limit. The limit's the sky. Is how you is how you see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is how you see it. This is not to say that there are obstacles. I'm not going to lie to anyone. You've had so many. You're all obstacle. Yeah. You've gone through all obstacle. Do you feel like your hardest years are behind you now? No, because COVID no? is hell. Oh, yeah. 2020 has been a trash year for me. Well, for everyone. Um, well, you have a yeah. daughter that's high school age now, right? Yeah. So that's hard on her, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, she's coping though. She mm -hmm. is my hero. She mm -hmm. is one of the few heroes that I have. Mm -hmm. That is like a person who deals with struggle and tries to rise above it. I'm really proud of her. That's so, that's so, um, oh, I love hearing that. So you had to n navigate her through all of what you've been through as well, right? Yeah. And how did you do that? Was it like, did you communicate with her? Were there other family members or how did you manage? How the fuck did you, how the fuck? Like most people can't, most people couldn't get through like, you know, getting a kid to, through high school under the best of circumstances. Don't throw in homelessness and, and a war and all that other shit. Yeah, there. I so, did not do it at all. So, I, I'm still co-parenting. Uh huh. So her father, the father is involved. No. Oh, who's the co-parent? So the co-parent is her foster dad. Oh, okay. She was, um, she was in foster care a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, ACS loved my incompetent black ass. Like I was just in and out of the hospital for many years. ACS. What's that mean? Um, adult. Uh, I'm sorry. ACS is um, Administration for Children's Services. Oh, okay. So they so wanted... were Child Protective Services. Oh, okay. So they 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 would take over, really, isn't it? Yeah. And I would have to fight to get her back. And I had a lot of good friends at the time. Mm -hmm. And her um, my my best friend stepped up and became her foster father oh that's beautiful yeah oh that's really beautiful so he was already integrated into your yeah you know, world into your life and it was rough because it was um it was rough on him and rough on me and rough on her mm. we went through a lot we went through a lot together and separately mm. And I know what it's like for people to give up. What do you mean? You mean give up on their children? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there so... was a point where I gave up and I didn't have fight in me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, if she could go up for adoption, that would be great. Mm. And then something inside of me just wouldn't sign the papers and wouldn't get the ball rolling mm. because it was like i didn't know who i was without without her 
was that one of the most was that one of the harder things out of all of this yeah Deal, dealing with that that was yeah. one of the most difficult isn't it yeah yeah you know i can't and believe how I, my, and how my sanity would play into that mm -hmm. so were you in you were like 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 would what would make sense is you would be in an un I mean, you seem incredibly stable now. You've got, you know, a it's good work. career. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy I'm talking to you now because I can't even picture the person you're, you're discuss, you're, you're talking about, and um, I have a lot of compassion, and you know, I feel I, I don't really know you, but I, I feel love for that person. I feel love for that person. I do. I feel like. Thank you. That humanity and whatever that is in that person that held on to your daughter and was truly, I feel like you truly did the best you could with what you were given. Is that, yeah. is that right? So, um, so going back and forth with your daughter so she was with you most of the time but there were periods where she wasn't right yeah mm -hmm. like i when i was deployed i had her she was a month old when you were and, in the service yeah when i was in the service uh-huh and, what and you, mm -hmm. when i got back she was 10 months old mm -hmm. so she she stayed with um your your friend or um no she stayed with a woman that i was um romantically involved with oh okay uh so when you got back and you saw her after 10 months was what was that what was was that hard or what i can't imagine. i mean for me it was a delight uh-huh for shyla it was a. it was a it was a whirlwind because who is this person trying to hug me and touch me Right. I don't know you. It went right. from that. And then she remembered the sound of my voice in the pitch. <gasps> and that's like, I saw the light come on in her eyes. Oh my God. Who I was. Oh my God. Wow. That's profound. Was I can't get over that. Let she remembered. See guys, that's like, yeah, that's what they, they, that those set formative years formative those yeah. nonverbal year nonverbal the non time before you learn to speak is like when you really do process a lot you know stuff very that you can't actually the stuff you can't remember is the stuff that's really deep in there yeah uh, stuff you're too young to remember so yeah. so uh so that light went on did that go on right away or was that after a couple of days or that was like a couple of hours mm -hmm. like oh, a must... few hours it was like oh, that four must... hours that must have been so intense like just it not, was. her not knowing you that must have been and then when she finally recognized you did that change the dynamic oh my god she wouldn't let me go Aww. I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I had to take her with me. Oh, 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 that's, oh. So when, um, so now have you guys talked about all that? Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a, there was a point in the time where I shut down for many years and I didn't let my daughter in and my daughter's very inquisitive. 
mm-hmm. and intuitive. Mm-hmm. And she picked up on these feelings mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. And they made her anxious and worried. Mm. So, like, I decided to open up more little by little about our history in the military. And now I'm able that she's old enough. I could have an adult conversation with her back and forth. Mm-hmm. So does that feel like in a certain way that it must be really he- healing or bonding for both of you because yeah. you, you get to feel loved and accepted by her for exactly who you are, right? Yes. And then she also feels closer to you because you trust her with who you are. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, whoa, you know, this isn't, I'm going to need a shot after this or something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even drink hard liquor or anything, but maybe now's a good time to start. Um, Wow. So uh, let's, we only have five minutes left and I want to spend the last minute or two thanking uh, everybody like uh, Grace Exhibition Space and Radio Free Brooklyn and giving out all the information I need to give out. But in the meantime, um, let's just wrap it up with a couple of minutes about, I want to hear what your plan, what, how you, what, what you plan on doing with your art. And I don't mean just like, I think you're totally capable of changing, having an effect on society. And I think you think so. I think that is, that's part of it, isn't it? Having an effect out in the world. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it for you, but what, what, what do you, what do you hope to express and what do you, what, looking at the future of your work and, and stuff, like, what are you, what are you thinking about? Um, what would you like to accomplish? Broad strokes. What do I like to accomplish? Yeah, do you, just, do you hope? Just, like- I, I want to bring this idea of equality and equity mm-hmm. into the art world. Mm. That's something that I am just gunning for. Oh, and I- with the audiences and with the, um, with the financers uh-huh. to bring equality and equity into oh what is popular. Oh, I am so, I am so there. I, 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 I want, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you, you want to make, yeah. So you want to put it out there in the art world and you want equality. So, you know, like the whole thing is, is like, we are just humans and that's what you're talking about. Like just that people are seen as humans and their differences are about who they their individuality not about the fact that they're human it's about that i like i'm different because i made this or i do this or i like Uh this i think self-expression is definitely a part of it Mm mm-hmm it's something that I strive for. 
that I'm very like keen on on um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the real production mm-hmm. self-expression mm-hmm. uh-huh being in touch with who you are and putting it out there in a very direct way and yes. um so i'm i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to like leave it there sadly but i do i mean we could go on jesus but we don't have the time on the show it's over almost over but i do really applaud and encourage and i'm grateful thank you for everything you're doing for thank you for for, for the art could really use that and i think this year we has been difficult but productive in a certain way for equality do you yeah you feel that you feel yes. encouraged i feel encouraged that's good so um, let's just give a shout out to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is mm-hmm. the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere because I've listened to all of them, and this is for sure the best. And um, Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit is a really important part of our community. I want would love it if you help support our community, which is, you know, we have 70 live shows, and it's a nonprofit, and it's tax deductible. But I also want to make sure that we get in a plug, I guess, let's just say it, for the uh, Grace Exhibition Space, Give to Grace, from Tuesday, September 22nd through Monday, September 28th. All the relevant links will be on my website. Make sure you check out Goodwin, who obviously has a lot going on and is, you know, we could learn from for a long time and she's at on instagram at goodwin that's g-o-o-d-w dot y-w dot n9 and tell us again goodwin if you will when your performances you you mentioned two performances why don't you give us the details you got one minute go (laughs) okay so on the 27th of september that's a sunday i'm going to be back in brooklyn I'm going back to the block where I was raised and I'm going to be performing there. That's, um, please go to my IG for details and DM me if you want to come and I'll, I'll send you a flyer with all the details. And also on the 28th, I'm going to be on a panel for Grace Space and it's going to be exciting. So check me out there. Terrific. Okay. Thanks again. And stick around, you guys. We've got great programming this afternoon. Like right after this is Lost and Rewound, this really like fun music, talk, show, storytelling with uh, Elon Danziger. And it's going to be a great afternoon at Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks for listening. Bye. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Get to shit about